Hello again, my name is Michael. And I'm Grace. And welcome back to Disney Through the Ages. On this show, I'm forcing my husband to watch every animated Disney movie with me in order, starting with Snow White and continuing, you know, through the ages. Lately, she really has had to force me. It was a joke in the first episode, but like, oh, I'm so done with the package films. Are we, are we done yet? This is the last one. This is the last one. And then Cinderella next week. Yes, so we just have to get through Melody Time. Ooh, Melody Time. Fantastic. It That's, sounds bad. It sounds awful. It's like, I mean, any it, Melody in the title it reminds me, I'm having Nom flashbacks to Make Mine Music and and uh, Fantasia. And like, I, I don't want anything that has music or melody in the title ever again. Yeah, same here. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of ready to just get this one over with. Yep, let's do it. And we're back. Initial thoughts? I liked it better than Fun and Fancy Free, for sure. Agreed. This one had a lot more little skits in it, um, but some of them were better than Fun and Fancy Free. And so, uh, you know, Fun and Fancy Free only had two chances to get me to like it, and it failed miserably in both. Whereas this one had like seven skits, I think. Seven skits. And, uh, you know, I liked at least a few of them, which is better. Yeah, I really liked the first one. It's called Once Upon a Time in Winter... Or, sorry, it's called Once Upon a Winter Time, which is cute. And it's just, like, a cute little love story set to music. A girl and a boy and human and a girl and a boy rabbit. And it's cute. Yeah, um... One thing I noticed about this one, the animation style reminded me of, like, Frosty the Snowman, or some of those other early animated movies, and uh, honestly, I wasn't a huge fan of the animation, just in general, but, I mean, it kind of sucked me into it after a while, where the the plot was cutesy and cheesy, but it was good enough that I kind of ignored the animation after a while. Yeah, it really drew you in, actually, with the story, because it got pretty exciting toward the end. Yeah, because uh, the the girls, both human and rabbit, uh, are kind of mad at their respective boys because they had sprayed ice at them or things like that. Just being boisterous idiot men like we do. And uh, so they're, they're storming off in a huff, and they don't see the sign that says caution thin ice and so they're about to walk on thin ice and so the rabbit is trying to help them and then he gets frustrated so he slams the sign down and breaks the ice so now there's this whole thing where the ice is breaking and they have to save them and all the animals chip in it's just wild yeah this music was okay but the story was really good which made me like like the animation more i think too yeah um music went well with the scene um it wasn't anything special, I don't think, but it wasn't terrible either. I'd say that sums it up pretty well. So the next one, was what was it called? Bumble Boogie. Bumble Boogie, but it was set to Flight of the Bumblebee. Um, and I really liked the way that it, it, it reminded me of some of the pieces of Fantasia that I liked more, where it was like more abstract, but like piano keys flying around and things like that. It was, it was interesting. Yeah, I really liked the music, the animation and was okay. I didn't really like the abstract quite as much, personally. Yeah. Yeah, see, with Fantasia and stuff, those were tended to be the ones that I liked more, was the kind of abstract, but kind of some real-world elements, not just splotches of color. So I actually really liked this one. 
The next one might have been my favorite. It was The Legend of Johnny Appleseed. Yeah, that one was really interesting. Um, It was another one where I didn't care for the animation style as much, but it kind of grew on me because it, it kind of reminded me of like a painting. It was interesting. Yeah, I liked it. My main complaint with the animation was like Johnny looked really good and the angel that visited him looked really good and the animals were really good, but all the other like characters were kind of like, meh. Gotcha. Kind of like the uh, background characters in Dumbo where like they don't even have faces half the time or things like that. It was kind of off-putting. Exactly. I thought it was kind of adorable. This is the second time that we've seen a skunk on film in a Disney movie and the second time they haven't called it a skunk because the first time it was Flower and then now they called the skunk a cat, which I thought was cute because an old Western frontiersman kind of name for a skunk is a polecat. It was super cute, and he petted the skunk kitty, and then everyone in the forest loved him. Yep, it was adorable. And this one had, it was surprising with how much it was talking about the lards being good to me, and things like that. Like, you know, modern day Disney movies, you're not used to seeing any religious overtones to it, or things like that. And so it was interesting that they were so upfront about Johnny Appleseed's Christian heritage. Yeah, I, I thought that was interesting, too. They definitely wouldn't be that upfront with it. I don't think they included it all today. And then even the way it ended was, you know, Johnny has spent 40 years doing the Lord's work here on Earth, planting apple trees. And uh, then the guardian angel comes and gets him and tells him that he's needed. They, they need apple trees in heaven. And so Johnny has to go to heaven and plant more apple trees. And so it was just kind of it, it was a very religious interpretation of the Johnny Appleseed story, which was very interesting. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I was really sad at the end when it it was clear that it's like, oh, yeah, like, he's old and he's died now. And I was like, no! And then it's like, okay, he gets good up. I'm like, okay, this is fine. This is fine. I'm I'm okay with it. (laughs) Yeah, and it's got a cute little tie-in where it's something like the, the apple skies. Like, I guess that was a phrase back then of, like, describing the sunset or something. Yeah, like the, the clouds or his apple trees or something. Yeah. I don't know. So the next one was Little Toot. And um, I got to be honest, I wasn't paying that close of attention in this one. It just kind of lost me. Um, starts out Little Toot is being like super rude and really immature. And then he gets locked up. And then suddenly he's mature and everybody likes him again. He saves the ship. He saves the ship. Yeah. I'm just not sure where that change of heart came from. I guess it's just from the fact that he got locked up, and so he decided to be good after that. I don't know. I really didn't like this one. Yeah, I, I wasn't a big fan. Um, yeah, Little Toot is so immature and boisterous that he destroys the entire city. He gets a whole ship knocking over skyscrapers and stuff, and he gets locked up. And there was like a weird, creepy part where like the the floats out in the sea were like, bad boy, shame. And they almost sounded like ghosts and looked like it was really, I could see that being like nightmare inducing for little kids. Yeah, it was kind of weird. I didn't like it, but it was starting to get stormy too. So it's just kind of giving off that gloomy vibe, I think was the purpose there. That makes sense. So the next one was worse though. (laughs) It was the tree. It was called Trees. Was it really just called Trees? It was I just thought, called Trees. I thought it might have had a longer name that I missed. Like, okay, that explained, like, the title is as boring as the rest of the thing was. Like, I'll say that the the animation was beautiful, 
but everything else about it was just so meh. That's it, what I wrote. Yeah, meh. I, I literally wrote meh also. <laughs> it was just, it was so dull. The music was, yeah, it was all right. I'm sure it was good in the time, but it's like very dated, you know, not something that keeps your attention these days anyway. Um, now, the one after that had um, Jose and Donald with Samba music. And so that was a lot more fun, especially by comparison being next to the other one. Yeah, it was called Blame It on the Samba. It was so good. It was just, it was peppy. I was like, all right, I'm paying attention again. Great. Now with this one, as with, uh, we were talking about earlier and with Fantasia, there were some parts that had some kind of halfway abstract kind of feel to them, which I really enjoyed specifically when the little bird, um, the, the little woodpecker looking bird, what was his name? I think Araquan. The Yeah. The Araquan bird. Um, little annoying bird sets a stick of dynamite inside the piano that this lady's playing and then the piano explodes but then she's like playing the keys in midair as the piano like comes back together magically it was just a really cute scene and a good way of incorporating animation with live action yeah i like that particular scene the rest of it i didn't totally care for the animation and the song was a little repetitive, but it was still fun, especially after watching the silly trees one. It was boring. So yeah, it, trees was so meh that anything else coming afterwards seemed radically exciting by comparison. Now uh, the last one was all about Pecos Bill, and this one definitely had some uh, outdated cultural depictions. I think is how they word it on Disney Plus description. I believe so. Um. So let's just dive right into it. It's Roy Rogers telling this story of Pecos Bill to these kids, or Pecos Bill, as they kept saying, which was so weird. It's spelled Pecos, but they they kept saying Pecos. It was a weird way to say it. They were saying everything a little weird. Yeah. Like coyote. Yeah, coyotes. and so. Maybe it's just the Texas accent. I don't know. Um, but, I mean, we're from Tennessee. Like, it's a similar accent. You'd think it would be anyway. Anyway, so he's telling the story of Pecos Bill and Widowmaker and the engines, which that, I mean, that in and of itself is problematic, calling them engines. But, uh, so, so Pecos Bill is abandoned by his family, he falls out of the wagon into the Pecos River, and he's raised by coyotes that look like Wiley Coyote. Um, <laughs> one thing that I really liked about this one was when the vultures were flying around, uh, little baby Widowmaker, Pecos Bill's horse. Uh, the the lyrics said, the usual committee was there today to welcome their guests in the usual way, which was the vultures swooping down to try to harass it and try to kill it essentially as it's dying in the desert. I just I thought that was a really clever line. It just kind of struck me. Agreed. That stood out to me too. And then uh, so. Pegasus Bill grows up and he becomes a cowboy and he's shooting his guns all over the place like cowboys apparently were wont to do. Yeah, and the thing they actually called him the Western Superman. <laughs> Did they really? I must have missed that. It was super cute. That's fantastic. Um, so he goes and he he rides a tornado like a bucking bronco and he throws a piece of paper and a bunch of tobacco into his mouth and rolls a cigarette with his tongue and lights it with a lightning bolt. Which, again, a little bit problematic of having, you know, tobacco depictions in a family film. Um, 
But the worst part is, so it's not even towards the end of the thing. It's about halfway through. Um, it's talking about all these feats that Pecos Bill did. And one of the things is these painted engines are playing their games and Pecos Bill comes in a shooting and scares them. So they jumped out of their makeup and that's how the painted desert got painted. And that is the most inappropriate (laughs) racial depiction I've ever heard in my life. It was so bad. Yeah, that was, that was pretty bad. Like, like honestly, because they're, they're displaying native Americans in such a negative light and and making fun of their culture by the way they're showing them all painted and dancing and stuff. Uh, it's very much a caricature. But then they're not even doing anything. They're just playing games and dancing and stuff. And Pecos Bill comes in, guns ablazing. It's like wow, they're they're like just straight up admitting that white people were terrible to Native Americans when they weren't doing anything. I mean, I feel like that's probably accurate. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh man, and I'm I'm sure that that story probably is part of the actual, you know, Pecos Bill lore because Pecos Bill is a tall tale from America. So that's you know that's probably is the the reasoning that people gave of how the painted desert got painted. But that is just that does not belong in any movie, much less a kids movie. And honestly, it's like that one scene is bad enough to just taint the entire rest of this piece. It does. And then it it just kind of does go down the hill from there, in my opinion. Then it's like, all of a sudden, after he does these great things, then he meets a dame. <laughs> yeah, dames. Oh, and also, I skipped a note from Native American part. Uh, called them redskins, which is just another adding insult to injury part of all that. Just felt very icky watching that scene. But anyway, uh, like like Grace said, they, they move on and he, he finds a dame. And uh, they fall madly in love like you do. And then uh, they're about to get married, but she has to ride on Widowmaker. That was like her request of Pecos Bill before they get married. And Widowmaker bucks her so hard that her, uh, what do they call it? I don't know. The, the, the poofy metal thing that women used to put on their derrieres to make it poof out. Uh, <laughs> was like a spring, and it shot her up over and bouncing and bouncing over and over until she landed on the moon. And then Pecos Bill was so heartstruck, or heartbroken, Pecos Bill was so heartbroken that he went back to live with the coyotes again who had raised him, and and he would always howl at the moon anytime there was a full moon because he missed his love who was up there stranded on the moon. And all the coyotes felt so bad that they learned to howl with him, and that's why coyotes howl at the moon. And Widowmaker is officially the worst wingman ever. Yep. Yep, because Pegasus Bill was trying to lasso his gal before she got sent to the moon, and Widowmaker stepped on the rope. Heinous. Yeah, that's just ending. Yeah. And that was the whole movie. So, uh, any any overall thoughts about it, or? Overall, I feel like it's a lot better than a lot of the package films. But it's still a package film at the end of the day. Yeah, um, I don't know if I would say it's one of my favorites of the package films, but it's not my least favorite either. Um, which is good because I was getting really sick of them, and so it's nice to have one that's a little better here towards the end. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed it well enough. It had ups and downs, and so overall, I probably give it like a five out of ten. Like it was middling. That's good. I feel like it was still pretty mediocre overall, so I was going to give it a three. Gotcha. Yeah, so uh, 
We'll have to update. We need to update our rankings of how we would align the movies. Well, after we watch the next one, it's the last package film, and I think we should make our rankings of just the package films. That's fair, because the package films are pretty much at the bottom. <laughs> and so uh, having the rankings... Of the, and I count Fantasia as a package film. I know it's not technically, but... Uh, it's the same kind of feel of a whole bunch of shorts crammed together into one movie. To me, they're about on par. Agreed. This week, we didn't have any emails, but we had one comment on our Instagram post. Uh, and Polka Dot Pause by Abby says, I definitely agree with you guys. Can we just get to the real films already? <laughs> Getting kind of sick of the package short films and the ventriloquist dummies were so unnecessary. So unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. That was just, uh, it just ruined the whole thing for me. Agreed. It was just terrible. Also, last week we asked, are there any fairy tales that Disney hasn't made into a movie that you would like to see on the big screen? So I've been thinking long and hard about this, and the one that I came up with is not really a fairy tale, but more of a myth that I think Disney could do well, and that is uh, Journey to the West, which is a Chinese, uh, I was looking it up, it's a novel written in the 16th century, but also is like kind of a myth before that, of uh, this Buddhist monk that's traveling to try to get these really important scrolls, and in the novel, they kind of added some things, and one of the things is like uh, Sun Wukong, who is like the monkey king from Chinese mythology, is traveling a Along with him and with a couple other protectors who are kind of taking care of this monk on the journey. It's just like a, it's like a, yeah, it's like an ancient Chinese uh, buddy comedy road trip adventure kind of thing, which I think would be really cool translated to an animated movie, especially if Disney still did 2D animation. Like I'm picturing something like Avatar The Last Airbender or something like that, which I know that was Nickelodeon, but that kind of feel would make a really cool movie in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think I remember the myth that you're talking about too. And I, I think it would make a really great movie. Yeah. Um, Jared Weiser covered it on myths and legends, the podcast, which I know we, I th I'm pretty sure we listened to that episode together. Um, but that was, that was where I came up with the idea was I, I was scrolling back through old episodes of myths and legends that we've listened to and to see, you know, which ones do I know that would be good movies? I think. Yeah. I was personally thinking Hansel and Gretel would be a really good option for a few reasons. One, is that it's got two main characters, which is always a lot of fun, and there's a male main character and a female, so we don't get a whole lot of that, and it would be really interesting for Disney to explore a brother-sister relationship. Um, I mean, they've done really well with Frozen and the, the sister relationship, and I would really love to see a brother-sister relationship. Yeah, because even with Onward, you know, we had two brothers, but I don't think there's been to like a brother and sister main character at least not exploring their relationship as one of the key elements of the film you know there have been some situations where there's been siblings like you know, the aristocats or something like that but it's never been like the central focus of a movie before also it's a relatively short story so there's a lot of creative directions they could take with it so i think that would be really interesting and also you know going back to the male and female character things you know having a story that's relatable to both genders is really important too and so that's something i think they should capitalize on if they can yeah and hansel and gretel is a really good option for that because it's a story that everyone kind of knows in the back of their mind we've all heard the story of hansel and gretel how they go and they leave breadcrumbs and they eat birds eat the breadcrumbs and the witch tries to eat them and all this stuff but like it has a lot of room for creative license um there's been a couple of like 
super dramatic, dark PG 13 rated live action versions and stuff, you know? Um, but, but like, I think you're right. I think it would be a very good one for Disney to capitalize on just to explore some different avenues that they haven't been down before with their other movies. So our question for you this week is, which of the package films is your favorite? Next week, we'll be watching the final one. Uh, I'm pretty sure either this episode or last one, we misspoke and thought that this was going to be the last one. But there is one more. Um, but we're finishing that up next week. So uh, even if you haven't seen all the package films, we'd love to hear from you. You can write in and let us know uh, which one's your favorite and tell us why. Um, so how can they get in touch with us? You can get in touch with us on Twitter or Instagram at Disney Ages, or you can email your answer to DisneyAgesPodcast at gmail.com. The songs in this show are by Kevin McLeod and are used under Creative Commons license. So check the show notes for links to all that music and the licensing information, and of course links to our social media and email as well. Uh, and while you're there, we would appreciate if you'd give us a review on iTunes and tell your friends if you got anybody that you know that you think would enjoy this show. We'd love to hear from more people, too. That's all we have for you this week, so come back next week to hear us review the final package film, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Until next time. See ya! Hello again. My name is Michael. And my name is Grace. That was <laughs> Hello again. My name is Michael. And my name is Grace. That threw me off because you always say, and I'm Grace. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go again. You can't laugh after I clap. <laughs> oh, it's fine. Just leave it all in. Does that little woodpecker dude have a name? The little pink bird? Yes, but I can't remember it. I just wrote annoying bird in my notes. Wanna... But it has a name. I I can find it out. It's okay. in my notes from the other one. Araquan. Huh. That's the same. Araquan bird. The Araquan bird. Okay. Uh, that's not the name I was expecting. I don't know what I was expecting. I was, I guess, like, Pierre or something. Uh, that's going to be really annoying to edit. <laughs> you started running? Uh, yeah.